Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode, there was a 5k block where I had a few mantras, a few distraction things that reflected where I was in the race uh, as a way of basically feeling like I had control over my mental side. Running with Jake, the podcast. Because every runner needs the occasional plod. And here's your host, Jake Lowe. Welcome to Running With Jake, the podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation. We're here to fire you up. We're going to talk all things running. Do we have a cracking guest on the show today? That is possibly a question you have on your mind. Well, I'm here to tell you, yes, we do. We are speaking to Ross Braden today. He's a top, top guy and a super speedy marathon runner. He did take on the London Marathon recently. He was the third Brit and finished 12th overall. Absolutely incredible. We've spoken to him a couple of times on the show and we're going to catch up with him again a little bit later. So make sure you stick around. Now, normally on the show, I like to pick people up, fire people up, get them motivated. I feel like I need to do the same in some respects to you today, Pete, the non-running guy producer of the show. You were a little bit a little bit tense today, having a few technical issues, sir. It wouldn't be the first time on this show <laughs> that we've been having issues. I know. Everything's fine, my end, by the way. Everything's absolutely tickety-boo. Mm. Couldn't be better. But you are... I can see smoke coming out of your ears. Are you okay? Are you all right? Well, the thing is, Jake, you can't actually see smoke coming out of my ears, can you? Because I've got a problem with the camera and... <laughs> I've got a really nice, cool new bit of kit, which looks really cool. Like, it's got loads of lights and stuff on it. And you know how I, <laughs> I'm a sucker for stuff with lights on. It looks great, but I don't really know how to use it. So I'm having an issue with that as well. But it doesn't get in the way of us producing and creating a quality product of a podcast for you, does it? It doesn't. And today's guest, like you said, he's great. He's absolutely the brilliant. The bottom yeah. line is we are here. We know, regular listeners of the show will know, that we, we did miss an episode recently. We we did. <laughs> we, we, we disappeared a little bit and people were a bit concerned. One person who was very concerned about us, she is a Patreon. It was Dawn. Dawn Kinghorn. She sent us an email just checking in where are you is everything okay i did respond i said yes dawn we're absolutely fine we are going to be back she was very pleased to hear that all was okay and the show would be returning very soon but here's the thing she was only taking on the yorkshire marathon recently oh yeah she was a bit really? nervous about it. yeah 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 she was a bit nervous about it she was doing it with her friend shan it was her first official marathon this is a first official okay. one she, she did do kind of a virtual one previously so this is the first time she's doing like a proper kind of organized one uh, and i had dawn if you're listening i had a sneaky little look at the results because you did tell me in the email what you're after you said three times i always recommend on the show you clearly listen to the show that if you're targeting tar- targeting a race it's good to have three targets definitely uh, and i see that you were so close to achieving your a goal in the yorkshire marathon how amazing is that i hope you finished the one piece i hope you enjoyed it and i hope we can continue to motivate you absolutely but to be fair um dawn was always going to do well wasn't she with a name like kinghorn i mean that's a cool <laughs> name i always i just wish i wish i was was blessed with a name like that like my name alan alan i mean that's really yeah. really boring <laughs> i'd like to be the king of horns as well that would be that would sit I'd like that. That would be great. No matter what you do, Dawn, in life, you will not fail because you are the king of horns. And that's a good thing. Yeah, Alan doesn't 
Alan doesn't scream speed, does it? No, it just no, it somehow it just doesn't really. No, it just if, doesn't. If, in my mind, now you know, if you too, Dawn, are a child of the seventies, I don't know. I don't know if you are or not. I don't know if if, if this is going to go over the head of most of the people listening. I really don't know. But do you remember Boss Hogg's car in the Dukes of Hazard <laughs> with the massive horn on the front? In my mind, that's the car that Dawn drives. Dawn Kinghorn. Dawn, with our powers combined, we have been able to elevate Pete's spirits. This is a good <laughs> thing. Pete no longer has smoke coming out of his ears. Let's crack on with the show. For the show notes and video content, go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. Running with Jake, the podcast. Ross, I don't often say this to our guests, but good evening. Good Sunday evening, like half past seven on a Sunday night. What is this about? Are you well? I'm good. I like the commitment to the podcast that we've uh, we've even managed to get it in on a Sunday evening. So it's good. Oh man, honestly, you're privileged. I I I feel privileged having you on. I'm saying you're privileged. I feel privileged. This is a th- third time we've spoken to you, Ross. We like to catch up with our special guests on the show. And I, I appreciate your commitment speaking to us on Sunday night. It's been a bit of a nightmare for you this weekend, hasn't it? Travelling and stuff. I thought it wasn't going to. I thought it wasn't going to happen tonight. Did you? Did you come back on the train? Yeah, just been away for a weekend with, my, uh, with uh, one of my friends' thirtieth birthdays. Um, kind of the last hurrah of off season. Um, so had a quite enjoyable weekend, but yeah, had a slow journey back. So we just about managed to fit this in, which is good. Oh man. 30th birthday celebrations. This is this must be a rarity for you with your commitment to training. It must obviously. I want to ask you all about London. I mean, that was just incredible. And what is it? Four weeks now. Is it four weeks ago? Four weeks to the day? Is it something like that? Three, three weeks. Three weeks. Three weeks. Three weeks. So it must be just. I mean, I want to know how all about that. But this must be a period of time for you where actually you can seize the opportunity to go away with like your buddies for like 30th birthday celebrations and stuff like that. I mean. It must, it must be difficult for you normally when you're, like, in the thicker training. I mean, do you find it, it hinders kind of the social element stuff? Oh, massively. Um, you have to sort of make decisions about what what is your priorities. And I think, especially for me, where I've got uni, work and running, there's just not much time to kind of... Can't really commit to a whole weekend away of, like, late nights and, uh, and everything else. So... Yeah, kind of these three weeks, I kind of make up for all that, catch up with a lot of friends I haven't seen for a while and just sort of enjoy having no routine, which uh, I'm definitely ready to get back to proper training now. I'm, I'm, I feel like all, all out of sorts. But um, yeah, it's quite nice just to really switch off. I think mentally as well. I think people don't take enough of a break. I think actually it's really important when you really commit to a goal to actually go, okay, I'm going to take some time off, not think about running too much, um, not worry about fitness or what you're eating and just have a real switch off. So, yeah, it's been it's been a good good few weeks and, and yeah, nice to do things that I wouldn't normally get to do. But, um, yeah, so three weeks and now we're, we'll get back into the thick of it from, from tomorrow. Short-lived, isn't it? That, that almost recovery period or that period where you're like, oh, I can chill now, thank God. You know, you're in the thick of training, things are really tough, you're having to spin plates and, and you're kind of like, oh, just, you know, the end is in sight. And then you get that, oh, relief and actually you're kind of itching to get back to that routine again, aren't you? You know, I think there's a lot of people 
listening to this that can relate to that. You know, they're on their own journeys with different goals and things like that. I saw that you put on Instagram kind of, oh, bored of the taper now when you were leading up to to London. But I imagine when you're in like, you know, the thick, deep training sessions that were just so tough when you're having to chalk up all these miles and these sessions and hit these paces and targets that you're probably itching for the taper. Then you get to it and you're like, okay, I've had enough of this now. I need to be cracking on with the race. And then you get the recovery time afterwards and it's like, okay, I'm ready for the routine now. Let's get back on it. I want to ask you about your, just staying on the subject of your friends. Who, whose 30th birthday was it that you're away for? Uh, so it was one of my friends that I did a ski season with a while back, um, a girl called Gabriella. Um, so yeah, I've known her for years and they knew me before I took running quite as seriously, so they quite enjoy when I um, can come out of them in the off season because obviously we can, uh, well, can can have later nights than maybe I would do rather than me thinking about training the next morning. It's difficult, isn't it? You know, and I think having supportive people around you. I think we've touched on this before when we've had you on on the podcast, Ross. It's it's, it's tricky because you're so committed, and you have to be committed based on what you want to achieve. But other people, if they're not on the same path as you, it can be a little bit hard sometimes. Do your friends and your network, do they generally understand? Are they supportive of what you do? You know, do they get it when they're saying, Ross, let's do this at the weekend? Or can you come away for this? And you're like, actually, do you know what? Can't do that because I've got this long run on Sunday. I've got this session. I've got this race or whatever. Do they understand? Yeah, I think to begin with, um, when you kind of, especially if you make a bit of a switch into that kind of mindset, people are still like, oh, won't you come out? But my friends have kind of accepted that, that's that's what I'm doing and they are really supportive and especially after London they were like okay I get why you you missed all those weekends away that was that was kind of worth it so um yeah I'm lucky that they they do uh generally they get it um get what I'm trying to do and and don't put pressure on me to like try and guilt trip me into into uh weekends away when or like evenings out when when I just can't can't really get the uh the time to do that so important isn't it because we we have enough pressure as it is when we want to achieve certain things we put pressure on ourselves so to to have pressure coming from other sources outside sources not always so helpful so it's really important and great to hear that you have such a supportive network around you so just london i want to ask you about this but for people that either missed the previous episodes that you were on this is the third time we've spoken with you ross or perhaps can't quite remember where you are in your whole running journey let's give people a bit of a summary and a recap when it comes to marathons because the first time we spoke to you episode one of the ross braden trilogy we we were speaking to you ahead of your first marathon weren't we you you were saying you felt like you'd because it was kind of covid and pandemic times and races had been cancelled you felt like you'd done so many marathon cycles but not actually training cycles that is but not actually had the payoff of, of taking part in a race and then obviously you were able to do that so just give us a quick summary on on your marathon races yeah so i was due to do my first marathon in uh april 2020 um but obviously covid hit and then there was going to be one that autumn, but then got cancelled. So yeah, it was uh, April 2021. Did the made my debut in 221. Um, then I did London last year, which was 219. Um, then Seville this February, uh, which I got down to 216. Uh, and then this year was my first year in the elite field at London, uh, and I ran. 214 and came 12th overall and I was third British finisher. I mean that's just insane. Is it sunk in? I mean can do you do you have those moments where you like did that just happen or did you always believe in the ability and and that you would get these rewards? I mean how, how, 
What was the thought process? How do you feel about it? I mean, yeah, there's definitely... I feel like it, you have to really believe and buy into it. Um, like I was fully convinced that there was almost no doubt in my mind that I was going to run the time. Um, I didn't actually run the time I was hoping for, but I knew that the training was there, so there was definitely I was going to run a PB. Um, and then you... Yeah, but there's still... It's still all in theory. Like, there's still... Uh, yeah, you've done the good training, but so much can go wrong. I was literally in my room in isolation because I was just worried about getting COVID before because I know a few friends that had it and it was obviously spreading up again. You sort of think, is anything going to derail the final bit of prep after five months of training or whatever? Um, but yeah, what, I think the being the third Brit was a massive thing because the time you have some control over, whereas you don't have any control over who what the other guys do. So I sort of thought that if I ran the time that I hope to, then that should put me there. But you never know what everyone else is doing or um, what's going to happen on the day. So to actually get that, um, yeah, it was it is pretty surreal to still kind of uh, think back to that. It's definitely settled in now because I'm already looking to what's next. Kind of there was a it was like a a week, two weeks of bathing in the glory, and now it's like right, how do we uh, take the next step and and what's uh, What's, what do we need to do to get even higher up the rankings? So, on the subject of what do you need to do to get higher up the rankings, what do you think made the difference from that first marathon, 2.21, to London recently, 2.14? Is there something obvious that leaps out? Or, or is it a number of things? Or is it just a process of training cycle after training cycle you know what where what have you learned the most from what, what are the takeaways what what helped you to achieve that time in london do you think so the biggest thing is consistency um throughout that time i've had very little very little injuries and illnesses i take care of my body like i get the treatment i take rest when i'm feeling a little bit ill don't generally don't try and push through too much um and also just I changed the way I train a little bit. Um, now do generally bigger sessions, and over the kind of talk, going back to the consistency, I've, I've been able to handle more tra- more sort of mileage as well. Um, I guess the final thing would be doing the gym work. Um, it's it's easy to to do the running, but the gym is something that most of us don't enjoy too much, and it's the first thing that goes. So I've actually managed to be consistently going sort of two three times a week so it's all those little bits that kind of add up to to quite a big change um i wouldn't say there's there's one particular area that um i would pinpoint but um just just little bits and and trying to work on different ways to progress the training rather than doing the same stuff each week it's right how can we do something different because it's very easy to compare marathons to like marathon blocks. I think a lot of people will do similar sessions and expect them to go just as well, which there's so many variations and we we train so we can race well, we don't train so we can train well. So, um, yeah, not getting too hung up in the, the day-to-day. How powerful is that as a takeaway? We, we train so we can race well, not so we can train well. I think that's so important and so relevant to so many people that are targeting races and events because you're right. You know, you think, okay, I'm going to do this 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 next marathon now. Maybe I want to do all the majors, and that's somebody's target. Listen to this, and they're comparing what they did for Chicago, and they're targeting New York, 
and they're training for that and they're comparing the sessions and, and some of that's healthy of course it's helpful to kind of just see where you are and take some comparisons and some measures but actually not trying to ace every single session and improve on everything you did previously in every single cycle you've ever done because it's about how everything you do leads to that race and gives you that payoff that 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 giving you that ability to stand on the starting line and be at your best which clearly you were in london i really really like that where are you with nutrition and things ross is that something that you've worked on do you feel like you nailed it in your first marathon or is that something that you've you've improved have you made some changes and if so what what are those changes so i've actually worked on that quite a bit because had um I think we've mentioned it on the the previous ones. I basically got a stitch in all my previous marathons and had to at least walk like a very small section, but that was the only way I could kind of get through it. Um, so obviously that we needed to to solve that. It was one of the things my coach was like, "You're not going to walk a single bit of it. We're going to fix it." So um, we kind of if I'm... was that so sorry to jump in. Was that was that something that was in your head? I'm interested to know. You know when you have a certain thing that's that's hindered you previously so stitch in your case going into other marathons or big training sessions did, was it in your head or were you able to kind of park it do you know what i mean was it like the thing where you're like oh god i hope that doesn't happen again oh definitely especially because it's happened every time like we changed sort of almost every element and it still happened so it was very much like okay um because it never happens in training so there's definitely a psychosomatic element um or seems to be um so yeah there's very much that again like the day before london i'm thinking the only thing that can derail tomorrow is if i get a stitch and that's obviously not helpful because it becomes a bit self-fulfilling so um like even in the warm-up i could feel the stitch which there was no reason to that's purely mind playing games but it was fine until like 40k which i feel like something's going to go wrong in your body at 40k of a marathon so um that was fine but yeah we definitely worked in nutrition i think actually that was one of the bits that i was really happy with because we really nailed it we really had a strategy of eating the days before and the day of um keeping it all really controlled to make sure we knew exactly that i was getting what i normally get in and what i have practiced with so yeah that's that is something that i really worked on even like the whole week before really do you find it easy actually consuming i take it it's gels i'm assuming it's gels that you use during the race or do you do you you have drinks what, which which is your preference? So I actually have drinks now. Um, have you always used drinks, or is that something you've made the switch to? So to begin with, was all gels, but I just found that I can't really tolerate them. Um, or yeah, that I could just tolerate the drinks better. So we kind of, I'm fortunate that in the elite we can have drinks tables every five k, so can kind of guarantee that they'll be there. Um, so yeah, we found that I'm definitely better able to um even even got these uh bottles with straws so that you take this air on as you drink because that can be a potential problem getting stitches it's air getting in the digestive system which uh can then put pressure and give you the stitch so um we kind of really really delved into the every little bit we could do so um specifics yeah i do hear that about stitch you know taking air in when you're drinking from these these bottles or whatever it might be or if you're drinking from hydration bladders for people in long training runs or whatever so really nailing down everything leaving as little to chance as possible it sounds like you left no stone unturned which is what obviously resulted in being third brit which is just amazing do you find it easy drinking when running at the paces that you run at i mean i think about 
the pace I run in a marathon, and like I find it quite difficult, you know what I mean, taking fluids on and not choking and maintaining that pace. Do, do you have a particular strategy to that? Meaning, do you slow down when it comes to taking on fluids or do you just try to maintain the same pace? Is it something you just, you practice in training and you're just accustomed to? I actually, for some reason, speed up, which makes no sense. Um, do you? <laughs> um, it's, it's a habit I got to when we were, we did, we did a training camp and the sessions were pretty hard and we weren't all getting drinks at the same time so you had to veer off and then speed up to catch back on and now every time I get a drink I end up running a bit quicker but um again just practice like every long run session any long sort of road session um just every week just practice it as much as possible so that even like the picking up the bottles like practice that from like a low table we practice that when we're doing quicker stuff so it's just um yeah I've kind of really got used to it having now been doing that for sort of every long run for the last two years or so um yeah I'm actually don't find it too bad I mean obviously towards the end of the marathon you don't you don't really want too much and it's uh you kind of have to force it down but it's also knowing that um you're pretty much running on exclusively that towards the end so if you don't drink it then or you don't take on the gel then you're you're gonna be uh in in a bit of bother you're going to come unstuck. I'm going to I'm going to label that as the Braden technique. I think that's awesome. There's going to be there's people listening to this that do their local half marathon each year where they just give out paper cups of water and they end up like wearing most of it, pouring it over them rather than actually consuming it. And they just need to try speeding up. That's what they need to do. Just just <laughs> instead of slowing down, sob that. Just speed up and see what happens. You never know. It might work for you. It works for you, mate. It works for you. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure how much it's going to catch on, but we'll. <laughs> We'll, <laughs> we'll try we'll see hey we're willing anything us runners can get to give us that extra little margin to shave a few seconds of a time look we're going to take i did see and not you know coming off the subject of super positive stuff in some respects that it wasn't all plain sailing there's lots of stuff that you've nailed or certainly moving closer towards nailing when it comes to the marathon distance but i did see from some of the posts that you put out there that you did have a particularly difficult period, sort of six or seven miles. And that was, was that towards the end of, of London where it was quite difficult for you mentally and physically? Yeah, just um, in terms of my body kind of felt reasonably okay, but just the pace, how, how fast I felt I was going and how fast I was actually going, there was quite a disconnect. So uh, every time I got to a mile marker, it was just ticking away at slower than I thought I was and I couldn't really do anything about it. So that's where I lost the kind of two minutes. Um, the, the target was was 2.12 and that's that's where it sort of, that 30 40k mark was where I lost it you get, I got isolated and uh, yeah, lost a bit of time. But again, that's that's one of the things that we're going to try and work on because it's, it's the really tough point where you're really hurting you need to find that extra extra gear and and have that maybe extra bit of training longer runs in the build-up to be able to keep the pace even if you do get stuck on your own a little bit so um yeah that's that's de- there's definitely definitely still areas that i want to work on and i feel like there's definitely um more time to shave off um if i i mean I'm, i'll likely do london again in april so if i do then be nice to go straight back there and and very much compare like for like itching to get back going it's it's funny isn't it because you know for so many people myself included i've, I've 
around London for five, uh, maybe five times, six times, something like that. And you're saying, oh, you know, I found myself on my own. You know, wow, a London Marathon, like how this huge event. But of course, where you're racing in the elite field, like to be out there on your own, despite the crowds, I guess that can feel quite lonely, especially if you feel like you are going backwards or, you know, as you say, the pace and the time that you were ticking off those kilometres wasn't as you hoped or as you thought it was. Is it Was it more of a mental thing than a physical thing? Did it get into your head? Is that what, is it, you know, when you say sort of, right, I want to practice this in training now, maybe some tougher, longer runs. Is that more physical training? Is it more psychological training or is it a combination of both? I think it's physical training. I think the the jump to, to 212 um, from where I was previously was a big jump. So it was always going to be everything needs to go perfectly. So and as much as the training time suggests this and that, it's different on the day. Um, so I think maybe I wasn't, maybe wasn't quite as fit as I thought because we definitely, um, I did a lot of work on the mental side. It's something that I've, again, really focused on this time to have almost just these... Uh, stop myself from catastrophizing um because it's very easy to to think about that and how tired you are and you've still got x many miles to go whereas actually you just need to stay in the moment because there was points in the first half where i was with a little group and i'd get dropped and lose sort of 50 60 yards and i think oh i feel really tired i can't keep up with them whereas actually one of the the practices we that we've kind of done with that was to really work to dismiss that and think no I'm just going to close the gap I'm going to get back to them and I'll worry about the rest later um, so definitely that side of it is something I've really worked on but mate there's there's still there's still work to go because like you say it's, it, you'll never know fully whether it was whether physically it was there or mentally like the marathon is a mental game and it's about um, getting as much of out of your body that your almost brain will allow you that's the that's the limiting factor um, there's obviously fitness, but the main the main thing that's stopping you is your brain. So um, yeah, I think that's something that I always well we we always have to work on, but especially to to kind of find a way of yeah eking out every last bit of it. Do you do any kind of mental training outside of the physical training, or is the, the things that you're talking about? You know, finding ways of avoiding catastrophizing, feeling like you're going backwards. You know, that's that's that cycle downward spiral if you like of negative thinking that we try to avoid is that just within training sessions that you try to manage that and implement those techniques or is it something that you do outside of running no so there's something outside um so generally well i've started in this block meditating um to uh, help with your control of your thoughts um so being very mindful um and also i've done some work with a, a sports psychologist that kind of delved into some of some of the many 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 issues i have um to try and work out <laughs> why that is um and that's something i'm gonna carry on doing to just have strategies like i said it is it's very much the way we looked at it was you do your running training and then so i was also doing visualization um and for example i had some sessions so like i'd have a 20k session and we'd have different strategies for each 5k um, and the same in London so like every time there was a drink there was a 5k block where I had a few mantras a few thoughts a few distraction things that reflected where I was in the race uh, as a way of basically feeling like I had control over my mental side because 
it can feel very easy to feel passive and just because your mind's telling you something that's not necessarily well that's not fact that's just your uh your gremlins telling you that your tide needs to slow down whereas actually you can override that so yeah it's something that i've done quite a lot of um in this block and i think it's really really crucial um even i mean i know meditation's not for everyone but but something like that to kind of be mindful and just recognize some faults and then you start to realize how how negative you can be doing something you love so um yeah that's definitely something i'd, I'd recommend that that people look into and and try to do a bit so i think that has helped quite a lot i think all of us can relate to how chaotic it can be inside inside our own minds and that thoughts aren't facts but we often view them as facts particularly when we're in a pressure cooker when we're in a stressful environment when we're in a race or a training session or whatever in life as well as just running of training of course but to actually recognize that this is just a thought and it's not a fact and it's not who i am and it might not be true and all those things it's actually quite difficult to do isn't it and i love it's fantastic to hear that you've really embraced kind of the the psychological side of training as well which is clearly helping you in in you know with the physical element of 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 training and racing how easy or not have you found it to meditate so quite difficult i mean again as a competitive personality i will judge myself on how well i've done you're on it and that's literally the opposite <laughs> yeah. of what you meant to do um especially when in heavy training like it's very hard to i think because you're just so tired that your body almost just needs to keep planning and if i've got a busy work and a new schedule i can't help but work out exactly what time i need to be at each place so um yeah not easy but really satisfying um to actually just spend 10 minutes each day doing it and knowing that even if i don't do as well as i hoped in that particular meditation that it's doing something and there's at least periods in that 10 minutes where you can kind of get in that sort of mindset yeah i think it's persistence isn't it with a lot of this stuff not not just meditation i'm not an expert on this ross but just in general being persistent and not expecting to ace anything that you try to turn your hand to like immediately because you mentioned very early in this chat about the importance of consistency and that is really important and consistency when you're building any skill whether it's learning a language or or meditating you've got to persevere and there's going to be times where you i've tried this and it's fallen by the wayside and it's interesting we speak about this now because only recently i've said to myself several times i really must and I want to try meditating again, you know, really try to to work on meditation and make it a habit. And even if I spend five or 10 minutes and like my mind starts to wander and it, I don't feel like I'm, you know, at peace and at one and mindful, if I'm thinking about all manner of things, just persevere and just keep working on that skill. Is it, you mentioned 10 minutes. Is that what you do every day? Is it 10 minutes? Is that the goal? And is it every day? Yeah, so uh, it's fallen by the wayside since the marathon. Oh, um, get back on it, had, man. Had a good streak, but... You've got big goals, get back on it. Um, <laughs> Tomorrow. Tomorrow's Monday, yeah. everything starts on a Monday, so you'll be fine. Exactly, yeah. Um, that's, that's how it works. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'll just do it. I just do 10 minutes before bed. I find that it's that whole, like, getting a sleep routine, um, just really good to kind of shut off, and that, again, I feel like it helps my sleep, and also there's no there's no reason not to like you're never in the morning you can be busy but at night delaying going to sleep by 10 minutes to meditate is probably going to help you fall asleep quicker anyway so um there's no reason that i can't do it each night so yeah that's what i've that's what i've been doing for sort of i think i managed it for 
two and a half months every day before. That's impressive. And like you say, no excuses at night, really. If we're brutally honest with ourselves, we've got time, five, ten minutes to, to... If we can't do it, it's often because we're not actually committing to the time and making that thing happen. Do you do, you do it just off your own back or do you do you have an app that you follow? There's so many of these apps about now. What, how do you meditate? I'm interested. Yeah, so I've got, um, got the Headspace app and I... Uh, oh, cool. I paid for it, so that would be like, well, I've paid for it, so I better use it. <laughs> <laughs> Obligation, I like yeah. it, yeah. <laughs> well, I'd be intrigued to hear how that helps you along with all the other great changes that you'll make in your training and nutrition and keeping Stitch at bay ready for the future. Talking of the future, what is the goal? You mentioned London. You said next year. Is that is that a definite? Have you decided that it's going to be London next year? How does the future look for you over the next sort of 12, 18 months? So it's, it's probably 90% very likely I'll do it. Um, I'll probably do London, then Berlin, um, Obviously, Paris is in the year after 2024. Um, so when they come out with the standards, um, again, it's there's going to be a lot of guys going for it. A lot of people have the same idea. But now suddenly it's looking like, OK, well, if I keep progressing as I am, there's absolutely no reason why I can't mix it with those guys. So, um, yeah, we do try and knock some time off at London, then have a really good go at Berlin, because obviously it's a quick course. And then see where we're at and uh and, and what we need to do and yeah fingers crossed that would be that's that's obviously the the big goal of the next few years you mentioned something else that i think a lot of people can can learn from and pick up from from the chat with yourself today ross about volume we spoke about consistency and talking about that that volume and building volume because it's not like you just decide to run a marathon for anybody as an example and then you're suddenly running 40 50 miles a week 60 miles a week 70 miles a week whatever 100 100 plus if you're somebody of your level you build the tolerance to that over time where are you with with volume in general and how do you see that changing or not in the future does cross training play a part of that or is it purely focused on running and is the volume likely to be what you've done for this london marathon just gone or are you likely to in- increase that we're trying to increase it each block so just a little bit more on the average mile so this one there was maybe one week where i kind of pushed the envelope a little bit and then had to put it back and that was kind of the um okay i'm not quite there yet um but i think you've got there's a bit of trial and error needed um so i reckon we'll try and increase it again um but at a sensible level so not not trying to go silly and, and add an extra 10 miles average a week or 20 average a week but just just a little bit extra um i generally i'll do some swimming as my cross training but um more for the kind of mobility side as opposed to working aerobically i find that i'm lucky in that i can tolerate quite a lot of uh, a lot of miles so i think if you can tolerate it it's the best form but um i know some amazing guys and girls that are running incredible times with a lot of cross training so I definitely see the value, but for me personally, um, I really I love running too much and seem to be able to get to do enough through that. So um, yeah, that would generally be the plan. Just try and increase that, increase the miles a little bit, increase the the gym sessions, um, and then cross and train as and cross train as and when, but but not too much focus on that. Sounds like you've got a real handle with the work of your coach and support of your coach, I'm sure, to, to, to understand what works for you and what you can handle volume-wise, 
discipline wise activities so you're saying well you're lucky because actually you know running you can tolerate high volume where running's concerned which is awesome but you know you can keep your hand in with little bits and bits of swimming if need be as well it's just so to have an understanding of what works for you i think is so important because it is different for different people isn't it we can't all tolerate the same you know the same load the same amount of stress on our bodies and also we all have different lifestyles as well spinning plates how's that going for you at the moment because you were studying last time we spoke are you still studying now osteopathy yeah so i'm in my final year um so again london worked quite well in that i had the summer off uni anyway so i could kind of go away and, and do some training camps and really focus on it um i'll be having it going into my final exams about two months after london marathon in in april so that'll be interesting but um hopefully after that can um can then spend really just have that as a sole focus but i mean i, I still i absolutely love my course so it doesn't feel too much of a of a chore to fix between it just maybe adds a little bit of fatigue which i guess most people deal with with work and lifestyle stuff but um yeah so it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it works in april and there might have to be a few sort of sacrifices made but um at the moment i'm able to 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 balance the plates well look we're gonna have to get you back on for a fourth installment of the ross braden journey uh because clearly people are going to want to know if london became 100 percent or whether it ended up being you know staying with 90 percent and you didn't end up doing it i'm sure you are going to do it and you've got berlin coming up as well it's all going to be very very awesome it's an absolute pleasure chatting to you again ross you sound in a really good place with everything i wish you all the luck in the world with uh your future goals what what are you doing this evening by the way what have i interrupted it's 8 p.m now do i i feel like you know sunday evening what do you normally do you're kicking about i mean meditating a bit obviously but what i mean there's, there's, there's tv yeah netflix. there's nothing too exciting there'll be uh there'll be some netflix some uh yeah. cook a bit of dinner and then get an early night to yeah go again from tomorrow it all starts on monday oh it does everything starts on monday uh, <laughs> new week new start what are you what are you watching on netflix at the moment any re- any hot recommendations or um... so uh i've been watching stranger things which i had to stop watching before the marathon because it was uh <laughs> giving me nightmares and affecting my sleep so uh... <laughs> oh man you don't need that you don't need that meditating or not you don't need that what which series are you on i'm on the current season yeah so uh cool well, don't tell me. Don't tell me that. Don't tell me what happens. I've only seen... I've seen three series. Um, unfortunately, my girlfriend Martina, who will be guaranteed she's in the living room now watching this, uh, she discovered Downton Abbey um, about six weeks ago, and she's slowly working her way through every single episode. It's quite entertaining because she actually calls it... I'm, I'm convinced she's the only person that refers to it as Downtown Abbey. She is Italian, so I have to forgive her, but... I know it is Downton Abbey, but she calls it Downtown Abbey. Don't ask. Don't give it a go, mate, if you've not watched it. Just stick with Stranger Things. It's much better, mate, honestly. Much better. <laughs> Listen, have a great rest of the Sunday, the weekend. Have a good week. Don't forget to meditate, by the way. I'm going to message you later to make sure you've done it. Uh, of course. The streak will start from today. It'll be day one. <laughs> the streak. I love it. I'm going to be following you on, heads- on Headspace. Great to catch you up with you, Ross. Speak soon. Cheers, Jake. Running with Jake, the podcast. Ross Braden, what an absolutely top guy. I wonder if the chat with Ross has fired Dawn Kinghorn up to sign up for another marathon, her second official marathon. I think it's quite possible. I do. It quite possibly is. Absolutely. Go for it, Kinghorn. Sign up for the next marathon. Well, now is the time. Now is the time to be signing your life away for marathons. We know that we had the results recently of the London Marathon. Yes, I, like many others, 
entered the ballot. I don't know why either, and lots of people do say this. You didn't put in the ballot, Pete. I know that. I asked you on the last show. I knew the answer anyway, but I thought <laughs> I'd ask you. But lots of people do put in the ballot, and then they say, I don't know why I put in the ballot. Um, I hope I don't get right. in. It's like, well, why did we put in in the first place? Like, I'm going to enter this. I'm going to enter this this ballot, and I really hope I'm not successful. <laughs> it's a weird, weird thing. Very yeah. weird thing. And then, of course, the few people that do find that they are lucky slash, I don't know, unlucky enough to get a place, then they start to panic. Oh, my God, I'm in the London Marathon. Well, look, there's so many marathons out there if you did want to get involved in London and you were unsuccessful. I did put in the ballot. I wasn't successful. But I've also put in the ballot. I've gone a bit marathon trigger happy. It has sure. to be said. Uh, and I blame my runners in the performance community. They, because of the conversation that goes off in our WhatsApp group, I just find myself being drawn into it and signing up for things I'm not even sure whether I want to do. Uh, one of which is the Chicago Marathon. Oh, so, okay. I, um, yeah, I forgot to mention this to you, mm, Pete. We've mm. not had a, a little show uh, sort of catch up in between the episodes. So I did, in between last episode and this episode, sign up for the Chicago Marathon. So I'm waiting to hear. Mm. Um, but I think that based on... Manchester Marathon earlier this year that myself and Martina have qualified for it. So I just need to see if that is the case. And okay. yeah, I mean, I've submitted <clears throat> results and all that stuff. So I don't know. Who knows? So you've who signed up that? to it. Who knows? Do you want it? Do you want it? Or are you like you are when you sign up for the London Marathon and you go, I don't actually, I don't want it. I don't want it. I mean, do you actually want to go? Actually, I think this is so relevant to so many people. I really, 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 really want to do the Chicago Marathon. It's something that really it fires me up. It interests me. And the strange thing is, when I first applied for the for, for Chicago, because as I mentioned there was conversation going off in the WhatsApp group with my runners, and I was like, oh, I just do it, and you know what it's like at home. It's so easy just to click online, right, sign up for that. I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it, but then once I'd actually put in like the application, I was like, oh my god. I never realised just how much I actually want to do this. And it's kind of just fallen out the sky, this thought, this this consideration. <laughs> so I'm massively up for it. London, I've done a few times. People can relate to this, I'm sure. If you've, if you've been lucky enough to do it a few times, then actually it might not float your boat quite as much as a race that you haven't done. So look, all that aside, I think it's so important that if you are still thinking how your 2023 running roadmap looks for you, I think it's really important that the race or races you sign up for inspire you. I think they've got to float your boat. They've got to get you, you know, fired up and charged because you've got to train for these things, right? Especially if you're going to attach target times to it and whatnot and get really ambitious with your goals. You've got to really want to do it, especially if you're looking at an international marathon or an international race rather, or, or, you know, it's a little bit harder. You've got to think about travel logistics, maybe time off work. So you've got to really want to do it. Something to think about when planning your races for next year. Right. On that note, it's time to take another one of your questions. It is indeed hashtag asks Jake. Somebody who is already thinking about their 2023 running plans is Sarah, who's been in touch and she wants to know if it's a good idea to sign up for a 20 mile race three weeks out from a target marathon. So a lot of people do this. They uh, want to sign up for a 20 mile event because it's really good training and preparation uh, for marathons. Obviously it is. It's a big event. It really gets you fired up big distance. Just be very, very cautious. I've mentioned this many times on, on many episodes that you don't go into uh, a race of a distance like 20 miles three weeks 
out from your main marathon, which is obviously a massive distance to race, and work too hard in that tune-up race, as it were. I think it's a really good opportunity to practice your last-minute preparation, breakfast, fueling in the race. Maybe you put a little bit of marathon pacing into your 20-mile race. If it's a flat race, and let's say you're doing a flat marathon, you can practice a bit of marathon pace simulation maybe even do it in in chunks so you could do like a three mile warm-up and then you could alternate two or three miles at marathon pace with a mile easy until the end just to familiarize yourself uh, with the pace and give you some confidence going into your main marathon just make sure you don't push too hard and risk being either injured or exhausted when it comes to your main event I hope that helps. If you've got a question, it's hashtag AskJake, or you can drop us an email at podcast at runningwithjake.com. That brings us to the end of another episode of Running With Jake, the podcast. Who knows what the future looks like for you? 2023, we're knocking on the door of it. It's going to be an exciting year for all of us of, of running. Get your plans in place now. Pete, yes. the non-running guy producer of the show, I know you're going to have some 2023 running plans. First of all, you just need to put an email into the IT help desk and get yourself sorted out with all the technical issues that you're having. Yeah, obviously I'm going to do that and then straight after that I'm going to get on the phone to the deed pulp people and I'm going to change my name officially to Pete Kinghorn because I, Jake, am the king of horns as well. (laughs) On that note, it is time to say goodbye. Have a fantastic few days of running. We shall be back next week for your weekly dose of running motivation. Oh, and one more thing. If you want to get out of the hole, then first you must put down the shovel.